All right, guys, welcome to the Love Horror Podcast. I am Brian, and today we have on the phone Nine of the Slasher Horror Shorts. Uh, guys, if you have not seen this 11 minute, 16 seconds horror short that just absolutely blew my mind, one take, that's right, shot in one take. Obviously, probably a couple uh, uh, redos here and there, but shot in one take. Uh, tremendous, tremendous film. I, I, I can't stop talking about it, but. I'm going to hand it over to the director. So, Sean, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about uh, the film, um, how this came to be. I have a lot of questions for you, but I want to hear from you. Go for it, my friend. Uh, yeah, the uh, short film uh, is based off a feature idea that I had uh, a couple years ago. Um, and I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been doing short films and music videos and trying to make a feature for over 10 years, almost 10 years now. And, uh, you know, you face a lot of <clears throat> disappointments, rejections, or almost, or you almost have financing in place, and then you lose it, and it feels like you're never going to get there. And uh, then I, then there was this one feature project that uh, went south and uh, had to leave that project, and that kind of, like, kind of traumatized me. And, uh, you know, and I almost gave up. So I almost gave up uh, on the industry before Night of the Slasher. And uh, so by watching... Netflix doing like slasher movie marathons by watching a lot of uh, Friday the 13th and stuff like that. Um, an idea came to my head and I thought about victims and how we don't care about the victims. And I thought, well, what if we had an awesome character who is a victim and she survives the beginning of the film and she has to deal with the killer and by doing the horror movie sins. And by committing these horror movie sins, the killer comes out. And I thought it's so interesting that when trauma victims, some of them tend to commit horror movie sins to get over their trauma, which is drink, do drugs, drink alcohol, have sex, do whatever they can to deal with their demons. And that's what this character does. She, by committing horror movie sins, the killer comes out and she fights them, trying to deal with it. You know? So that uh, you know, turned into a feature film idea. And I thought, you know, hey, do a proof of concept short film, make it as awesome and badass as possible to really knock the socks off of anyone who uh, is willing to cough up the dough and uh, make a feature film version. Um, you know, we went forward with it, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the short film, also a nightmare to make, almost didn't happen, even financing on a small scale, sorry, a financing on a small scale, but fall through just before shooting. And not only did that fall, but sometimes actors would drop out or a DP would drop out and the camera drops down and breaks before our very first take. So lots of things drop wow. <laughs> during, a, uh, during filmmaking um, and it becomes a nightmare, you know. But uh, if you have a great team that believes in the work and, you know, everyone's great with each other, they all communicate well and they're all really committed into doing something awesome, they will come through. And, uh, you know, I got to thank my team and my producers who I uh, didn't give up when I felt like all hope was lost. And, you know, we get another camera and gear and we just uh, hours later and, you know, we shoot until finish, you know. That is awesome. That's a great, great story of um, just persevering. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people who just will give up at that point. Uh, you know, breakers break all the time during film sets, things of that nature. And uh, people dropping out like flies that happens quite often um but man a camera breaking right before that's insane man i, I can't believe you guys even had that and you still pushed through and created uh, in my eyes a, a fantastic horror shorts so oh thanks uh we're just 
uh, grateful that it's even complete because right. <laughs> we almost didn't even have a short. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of curious, you know. You mentioned you know actors dropping out, and that's obviously you know, something that happens. But one of the the elements that I loved about this um, that is is starting to becoming more of a trend in horror is uh, the the actual perspective of the woman, and it, it kind of goes back to even early you know 70s 80s uh, horror. Uh, Friday Thirteenth, for instance, is, is an example where the woman is actually in like a, a male dominant kind of role, but with your film in general. That role was definitely, you know, dominant through your actress, Lily Berlina. Uh, but it wasn't more of a, like your girl next door, innocent virgin feel. You know what I mean? That, that, that you kind of always get the naive, uh, you know, strong virgin, but the, who ends up fighting, you know, evil and becomes the victorious one. Uh, this was completely opposite. Of, like you said, it was uh, working through a traumatic experience. And she had a great, like, just a great look, first of all, great acting skills, um, was she your first pick or was she one of the ones that just kind of you, you ended up picking up because it was a great casting uh, we had a uh, yeah so what happened was we had uh, another actress who was committed for like about a month and she was ready to do this and on the first day of rehearsal that actress dropped out and that was devastating it was two weeks before shooting so we were like oh no what are we going to do we have two weeks left we don't have a casting director uh it's, and, it, and we can't waste a week and a half or two weeks. It could take weeks looking for the right actress. Um, and we need an endless amount of uh, rehearsal. Like, we need so many rehearsals to get our marks right because it's a one-take style, right? right, right. So <laughs> it's, it's, not just, it's not just acting rehearsal. Like, you've got to know where you're going to stand. There's a lot of action choreography. You've got to know where the camera's going to be. Uh, you've got to know. And there's a dance scene. You've got to dance for it. There's so many technical things. And there's a lot of acting involved, and we need to rehearse the crap out of this, and we need, we wanted to do three to four rehearsal days. Um, so uh, we did casting ourselves uh, using CAZT, uh, that's C-A-Z-T, uh, where filmmakers can, uh, on the cheap, for free actually, um, use uh, this company where you can... Uh, they can get actors for you, and you just record them. And... Uh, uh, pick whatever you want on the company iPad, and then uh, and off you go. You've got an actor. So, um, and it was really hard to cast the actress too because she doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's like who who wants to play a girl in a horror film, a short horror film that doesn't pay well, and you don't have any lines, and you're in your underwear the entire time. <laughs> right. I mean, you're totally objectified, <laughs> and it sounds like the schlockiest, campiest, worst filmmaking scenario ever to an actress. <laughs> So, and if you don't know my work, you're going to think I'm just some asshole filmmaker trying to take advantage over young women. Exactly. You know? it, yeah, yeah. It just appears that way. Um, but, you know, we had uh, a lot of actresses who said they were coming in about like 12, only like six showed up, like half of them showed up on this super rainy day. Wow. Lily was the second girl to show up and uh, she just lit up the room. She was all about being rock and roll. I'm down to do anything. Um, her personality really showed it. And she also has this warmth and sweetness to her, you know, yes, that really yes. gives a good vibe on set. I mean, a lot of that actors, it's hard to find one that's not pretentious. <laughs> right. And actors and crew don't always get along, but Lily makes everyone feel good around her. So um, everyone, you know, like when you're set shooting something that, center, that centers around the person, mm-hmm. you know, and they're the main focal point, 
if that person's a great person, it's going to have this ripple effect, you know, in the group. So, um, you know, that goes for like, you know, producers and directors, but the lead actors too, you know, you got to set up a kind of tone on how you all work together. And she was all about being a, a great trooper. Um, and she was, and she had a very difficult role. She did three rehearsals with us. Okay. Uh, she never complains about anything, no matter how difficult it was. She's really chugging down those. Uh, she's really chugging down liquid. It, oh. it looks like she's drinking beer, but it's water. We put water in the in the uh, the beer bottles. Gotcha. She's really chugging it on screen for us. <laughs> uh, and we did that take like seventeen times. So uh, <laughs> that's that's a lot of self abuse right there. Yeah, definitely. So, but she did it. You know. Yeah, is she really? You know, her her look first of all is 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 fantastic. She has uh, she she dominates the screen as soon as she's on on it, um, and that's what really, like you said, you're having to cast somebody who who's not going to speak the entire time. So you have to have that look where her eyes are going to have to be the voice, and whether it's vulnerability or fear or determination, whatever that is. Uh, your actress in Lily, you know, absolutely sold every element through that film. And I, I think casting wise, I mean, a blessing in disguise with, with dropping off, you know, because you got somebody who, you know, I don't know what it was in the first place, but in my opinion, was the perfect uh, person for this role. So, uh, yeah, things uh, ended up working out in uh, the best way possible. Sometimes when you think you lost the best thing for your film, something right. even better comes along. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and the great thing about Lily, it's just like, you know, she also has a, a great and unique voice, you know, and, uh, really? and it's a shame we don't get to show it off in the film, but it's also, but it also shows off how good she can act without even talking. And, uh, she won a, she's been nominated for several best actresses awards and she actually won one of them. Oh, so fantastic. It's pretty impressive. You Very. play a whore, a girl in a slasher film and you don't have any lines and you can win a best actress award. I mean, <laughs> right. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> extremely impressive. And, you know, going off of that, uh, 98 festivals, 25 awards, 33 nominations. I mean, you guys are, you guys are dominating, uh, right now. Uh, in my, my personal opinion, if that doesn't show domination, I don't know what is. And, and you guys are just kicking so much. You guys are kicking so much ass, man. What, 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 what did you even think about that? Like when you got your first award, like, all right, cool, right on. But 25 later in 98 festivals, that's crazy, man. And that was this year. Like, it's not like you released this five oh, yeah. years ago. That's just from this year. Right. That was, uh, we got released in July. Uh, our first, uh, our first festival was the Bukion International Fantastic Film Festival. That's in, uh, South Korea. Right. Um, so that was where it premiered. Actually, it had its world premiere. It's a pretty prestigious uh, genre fest, and yes. it's really hard to get in. I sent in a rough cut, not thinking I'd get in, and, and forgot that I submitted. And then I just got a an email saying, "Yeah, you're in." So, uh, so that was great. We uh, started in July. Uh, it opened in South Korea, and now it's December, and it's 98 films wow. within a few months. So, sorry, 98 film festivals within a few months. Um, I have one interesting story. The the day we won our very first award, uh, it was the best short film award. Uh, uh, <laughs> me and Scott, the other actor who's brilliant in the film, by the way, yes, uh, who plays the bait, the nice guy who gets killed. Oh, he was awesome. Um, yeah, he's great. He's also uh, a really smart writer too. You know, like he just adds so much to any production he's a part of. And uh, but so the day we. 
we won an award, we were excited walking down the street of uh, Sunset Boulevard chatting about like how awesome it is that we got an award that day. And that very moment, some weird, crazy guy turned around, started babbling to Scott, and then Scott's like, what? And the guy punched him in the face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he just punched him in the face. Some random, crazy person punched my actor in the face. <laughs> wow. Just out of nowhere. So on the day we got our first award, it's like, awesome. Well, we got to roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. That, that's fantastic. God, how does that just happen? So random. Scott is, is another element, but I, I definitely want to get into why and how did you guys pull off the one-shot deal? Obviously, there's a lot of planning in that, and there's a lot of planning in storyboarding and things of that nature in film as it is. But to have to create something, I mean, it was a beautiful dance from start to finish. That's the When you said you know there was a dancing, yes, but that whole entire film is a dance, uh, especially... You know, I love the 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 part where uh, your killer, which we're going to go into the mask element here soon, uh, but the killer, you know, going at her with with the two knives in hand, and it was just like, and she was crawling backwards, so to speak. Um, that was just a phenomenal like dance part, in my opinion, and it was just like a beautiful choreographed scene. Why, dude? Why did you guys go? We're just going to do this in one take, right? Uh, well. It's actually, if you're, well, you can't watch closely and figure it out, but, yes. you know, because uh, we hit it so well, but right. it really isn't one take. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all hidden cuts. They're all hidden cuts. And we wanted to, uh, we knew we were not going to do it literally in one take, but yes. we wanted to give that effect because we wanted to be caught up in the moment and not cut around. Yep. And, uh, Good job. The, yeah, the cuts are all hidden around in, uh, in whip panning and shakiness. We didn't do the classic like slow pan against the blank wall. Or we <laughs> yeah. didn't do any. Uh, yeah, we didn't do. We enter a dark room, and all of a sudden we enter a light room where yes, you yes. clearly could easily cut. We wanted to shoot something where people can't tell exactly where the cuts are, and they, you know, they can't. Some people claim they can, but I think they just want us to have smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, we yeah. could do that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, sure you do. Yeah, sure you can catch it. You know, but I'm just kidding around. Uh, so, but uh, the reason, the reason why we, uh, uh, it, I originally was not going to shoot it in one take. Um, the reason I did, uh, I was going to shoot it the conventional way. You know, wide, mediums, and close, and a few dynamic angles here and there. Right. You know, the the typical way. Um, but the reason why I decided to do the one take thing was because. Um, uh, one cinematographer that we were talking to, he said, hey, I've got this uh, Steadicam device, the Ronin, and you can have all these shots that are, you know, steady and it can move around. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, well, if we hire this DP, we can use his device, his, uh, you know, his gear, and we don't need a dolly. And let me tell you, I hate dollies. <laughs> I hate them so much because they're bulky. <laughs> we don't have a crew to carry them around. So everyone's doing double jobs but the director is like carrying sandbags and dollies i mean i hate that so much uh so i thought great well we don't need a dolly then and then i realized what can i do with a ronin and i thought about connecting a lot of my shots you know and having more movement and i realized wait a second this is all one scene anyway what if we just did it all in one take yeah. uh <laughs> and of course what ended up happening is that that dp said uh he thought we were in over our heads and we were going to bite off more than we could chew and i'm like no seriously it can be easy i know how to do these whip pans and connect the shots together but he didn't believe us and he did not 
become a part of the project. Wow. <laughs> he decided wow. to not do it. So we didn't get his Ronin. So we did it all handheld. Um, it's all done handheld. Uh, no need for that device. But we kept the idea of doing it one take style. And pulled it off. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, that's... we practiced a lot. We, we shot it three times with the 5D just to make sure we can connect every shot uh, technically. Gotcha. And then we shot with the red. Okay, so I was going to ask you what was the finished product on a red? Yeah, it was a, a red Epic and a red Scarlet. Nice. Uh, we had three red cameras on this shoot only because one broke, and we got two separate ones, one for each day because one of them, neither one of them were were uh, bookable for two days straight. So, oh, makes sense. Um, yeah, but we got it all for under six hundred bucks because we know personal red owners. So there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's uh, outstanding price, man. That's fantastic. Just yeah, tell me about the mask, dude. Because the, the mask, the mask is is interesting. Uh, I love the pick of what what you guys did. And obviously, for some of you might not watch it, I won't I won't say what it is. If if you'd like to, go for it. But I'm just kind of curious. So one uh, was that something that you guys picked up somewhere? Or was that like a custom made? Uh, what was the decision? What was the process of why that look? Well, I always uh, wanted to choose that specific mask. And, yeah, it has a Halloween reference, but it's not the Halloween mask. So I'll just yes. say it as that. Um, but a lot of horror fans who found my Facebook page and they've been liking it and following the page and the still photos, they, they know what it is, which excites them even more. Uh, yes. And the reason why I chose that mask. Um, so that mask was not custom made. Uh, I ordered it online. I ordered uh, a couple of them. And I wanted my uh, practical effects guy to spray paint them white, but they got botched the day before a couple days before shooting and on a friday and we were not going to be able to get another mask in la no stores in la had that type of mask so my producer had to drive two and a half hours outside of la to get to a store in traffic before it closed uh the only store two and a half hours out of la that had that particular mask so i made him buy three more of them wow (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so we had we had a ton of problems. Uh, like we had masks that got ruined, uh, cameras that broke, um, and also before you know we're running out of time in regards to shooting and daylight is coming, and uh, and just before in one of the shots, one of the final shots that we're rushing to get done, um, the owner of the house that we're shooting in has this pug, and he's paralyzed from the waist down, so he drags his ass everywhere he walks. Mm-hmm. And he diarrhea pooped and peed while dragging his butt all over the floor, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and it smelled horrible. It was, it was, you couldn't escape it. The smell just permeated the entire house, and uh, and so and it was right in the entryway where the other characters were supposed to walk no. in when they opened the door. Oh, and I was man. so desperate for time. I was so desperate for time that cleaning up like really would have taken away, like would have taken up too much time. Like, it was bad at Brian, like, horribly bad. <laughs> and I just asked my <laughs> and I asked my actors, like, well, since we're not getting a shot of the floor, can you guys just for now walk through the poop? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. And they said no. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to say, come so on, they, man. <laughs> they cleaned it up, and we got the shot, and, we, and then we ended up getting our, the next few shots and the very final shot uh, a minute before the sun came right up. Wow. And completely lit up the house in a completely different way. So, right, right. Uh, we were under the gun, and we got it in the nick of time. Insane, literally. man. You guys had so much going on, and you still pulled it off. Fantastic, dude. Good stuff. 
All right, so hey, we're gonna take a yeah, quick. We're gonna take a. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break <laughs> uh, for all you people. Maybe you know, go clean up some some dog poop. We have something going on right now, but we're gonna take a break, uh, and we're gonna take a listen to the Love Horror Podcast official band, Mercedes Avenue from Sacramento, California. Uh, you might have heard them on our intro, so here they are. Mercedes Avenue will be right back. Night of the Slasher director Shant will be right back, folks.
All right, we're back. Brian Jones and the Love Horror Podcast on the line. Director Sean from Night of the Slasher. How are you, buddy? Thanks for calling in again. Yeah, thanks for... Uh, uh, sorry, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> That's all right. That's right. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for getting back to me. There you go. The, yeah, yeah. Break. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, you know, last time we left you, you know, you were talking about, you know, dog poop and the sun coming up. So uh, you had a lot going on on this, uh, on this film set, man. And, and you guys pulled off a very successful. If you guys have not checked this out, uh, Night of Slasher uh, online will have the website as well as uh, social media links uh, on this podcast and on the Love Horror Podcast uh, website as well. Uh, so make sure you guys check those out. Uh, there is a great uh, trailer for it, which impresses me to be able to cut a trailer for an 11-minute film uh, and have it successful where it still doesn't you know, tell the entire film. Uh, so kudos to the, you guys on that. Uh, but going off of what we were already saying, you had 98 festivals, 25 awards, 33 nominations. What is next, man? It seems like you guys have dominated since July. So what, what what's next for you guys? Uh, so uh, anyway, well, with that success, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the Facebook articles, one of the news articles um, about the film about Night of the Flasher um, got shared and passed around until it ended up in 1.2 million Facebook feeds. Wow! So uh, it spread like crazy about a short film that no one has seen yet, and those who have seen it are spreading it like crazy, telling everyone, "Yeah, for real, it's good." And, uh, and it's, uh, and I never would have thought that would happen. Um, so, so when that happened, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, although I had, uh, aimed to make the film more independently through independent financing, instead of going the Hollywood route, which I've always tried before, um, then I started getting phone calls, like, and emails a lot. Um, I got approached by management companies, agencies, production companies, and they want to take meetings with me. And I've been taking uh, a lot of meetings since then, and uh, a lot of positive things going on so far. Um, so uh, a feature is uh, very possible at this point, more possible than it's ever been. Fantastic, least, fantastic. You know? Yeah. So everyone who's been hounding me on Facebook and emails <laughs> begging for a feature version of this, they, you know, they might get their wish, and mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, good to hear, man. We, we, we need to keep uh, in contact on that. Uh, you know, are you going to, let's put it this way. I mean, if you're going to do a feature version of this, are we recasting at this point or are you going to roll with who you have? Uh, we don't know anything yet. You know, right. uh, meetings are still taking place. Uh, there's still discussions going on at this point, but um, I can't say more than that uh, right now. Um, so I don't know where things really stand yet, but, you know, we're just... Uh, you know, dipping ourselves in the pool and seeing, uh, you know, the water's right. And uh, if it works, it works, you know. That's Let's jump in. That's beautiful, man. Excellent, man. Congratulations on that. Good news to hear. Uh, real quick, you said it was released in July. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, July 18th. And it was also screened on the 20th as well, twice in South Korea. What was the turnaround from completion to your first festival in July? Uh, we shot it in December of 2014, actually. Uh, it took like five or six months to complete just because of uh, lack of money, trying to get the right people on board and post, and uh, <clears throat> the music t 
took quite a long time. It was like three and a half months um, trying to get it right. Uh, nothing seemed to work. Uh, the, our composer, Simon Michel, super talented. Yes. Um, he's, he's like also in Europe, so we're Skyping back and forth instead of sitting down together. But he's so talented that I wanted to work with him, you know, <laughs> instead of like finding someone local. Um, so I knew, you know what, let's not rush to complete this. Let's uh, take our time and make sure this is the best film as it can be. And uh, we worked months together trying to get the tone just right. So while we're working on the music, um, you know, it goes through its color correction and CG, uh, little minor CG stuff, like the blood on the floor that everyone thinks is real. It's not. It oh, was composited. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I love telling people, everyone says, it's, uh, oh, your practical effects are awesome. I'm like, cool, what would you think of the CG? And they're like, what CG? And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> it, can, yeah. <laughs> it can be done right, people. That's great. Uh, and, and also, yeah, totally. you know, did you have any practical effects uh, or was the, the Scar CG as well? Because that, that Scar was pretty impressive that she had on her. Uh, was that a part of the uh, effects? And who did you have on your effects team for that? Uh, we had uh, two awesome practical effects uh, makeup artists, uh, Josh Dunlap and Megan Rep, and the visual effects in post, um, Alessandro Schiaffi and Michelangelo Frizzoni. Nice. Sounds pretty Italian. That's pretty amazing, is. yes. <laughs> I think I got that right. <laughs> and uh, they were awesome. Um, and also... Uh, yeah, that was it. We we have if you look at the credits of the film, um, it's really really short. Yes, it's really short. <laughs> Very few people worked on this film, but with quite a lot of love. Um, oh, also wanted to mention uh, that song. Yes. Um, the song that plays in the film that's a that's an original song that uh, we produced. Oh, very nice. Um, it was it was written for the film. We wanted an '80s style rock song that kind of had that heart. Uh, from the band Heart, but from the mid-'80s, yes. with a little bit of ACDC feel to it. So um, that was the first time I've ever produced music. Uh, but we're pretty impressed with that song, too, Dying for Love. Is that available for uh, download anywhere? Uh, we should put it up at some point. People have asked for it. So uh, we'll do some kind of release for that song online that people could just download it and play it. There you go. So, yeah, that'd be cool because it, it's definitely. Uh, I think your composing was extremely well. I thought the effects were done well. I had no idea that there were CG in it. So, I mean, I saw that. Let's put it this way: I did see it in the credit, but like you said, you can't tell uh, in that film that there was actual, you know, CG used. Uh, so, good job on that. Uh, you guys just really put out on the stops, and you guys had so much stacked against you and you never threw in a towel and that is amazing and that's one of the the greatness of of, of indie filmmaking in my opinion uh to see something of this caliber that was created through through just a lot of blood sweat and tears so to speak uh you guys did a great job night of slasher through 2015 release uh if you guys haven't seen this yet figure out a way to get your butts to some type of film festival is there anything else that's coming out for you guys uh, film festival wise uh, to wrap up the year I know we're uh, you know mid-December here so we're kind of pretty much done for a lot of things but what else is uh, next for Night of the Slasher then what else is is for you uh, besides the the talks do you have anything under your your gun right now that you just want to try to get out there or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens with the waters like you said 
Um, yeah, I mean, right now it's the holidays, so there's, you know, coming up with the holidays, there aren't uh, too many projects to start pushing forward just yet. But uh, we have some stuff in the pipeline that, uh, you know, that we're going to prep for, um, you know, getting out there as well. So, and a few other smaller projects uh, that I'm collaborating with, with Scott Javar, who played, um, you know, the nice guy who gets killed. Yes, and I have a yes. And, uh, and Adam Lassar, the other producer, who also played the killer. He was the killer, yes. So, um, in 2016, uh, yeah, it's going to play at Film Quest in June and a few and a lot of other festivals in between. Uh, we'll be updating our screening section and the Nasa Slasher uh, webpage, and also we make announcements on uh, on Facebook on the Facebook page. Um, we'll be playing in Irvine, I think, in January or February. I forgot. Um, and Japan uh, soon. We're going to make our premiere in japan at the yubari international film festival oh nice so yeah we've got a, it's playing everywhere uh it's just a matter of knowing when and what you know when and where basically awesome man well hey i appreciate your time calling in uh late night in a california evening so thank you again my man hey great job with night yeah, slasher thanks, hey anytime uh keep us posted i know the people out there want to know more what's going on with you uh, I I do as well, just in general. So just keep us posted on what's going on. Uh, love to have you back sometime. Thanks again for calling in. Night of the Slasher, people. Make sure you check it out. Uh, and once again, have a great evening. All right, man. Talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Brian. Not Thank a problem. so much. Have a good night. I will see you again.